welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Loga the Barbarian. And with me today, I've got a special guest, Amanda P. And they've got a nice little module here with a dungeon to kick off Dungeon Week on Wobblies and Wizards. Amanda, welcome. Hey, thank you. I'm really happy to be here today. It's good to have you. It's good to have you. Now, the module Beyond the Burning Teeth, it's got a neat little dungeon in here. My first question, though, is how did this this uh, how did this module come about? How did you get started in this? So I kind of got into the over COVID, I got really into like the OSR blog space. And then with that, I then kind of landed in like the whole NSR scene over time. And good stuff. <laughs> it, it is. And so I just kind of got first into really drawing dungeons. I found this guy, Nicholas Wistet. I think he has, I forget the name of his blog, but he's this really neat uh, map designer who I believe lives in Sweden. And so I, he had all these tutorials of how to draw old school dungeons. And so I just started drawing old school dungeons all the time. And then eventually I realized I wasn't keying any of my dungeons. <laughs> and I saw Chris Bizet had posted this thing on itch that was called the Random Adventure Jam. Oh. And so this kind of just this uh, module beyond the burning teeth just kind of came from that. I rolled the title from his like random titles. I rolled the, yes. the main BBEG from um, nature maze like generator. And I was like, all right. And I just started writing. What I think is cool is you have both the BX and the Cairn conversions at the back of this little zine for people who are running those. I think that's awesome. I like that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm traditionally like a. I came from. I came up from like I ran um, Dragon Strike when I was a kid, uh -huh. which was like the TSR, like old school, like little kid, uh, <laughs> second edition. And so I've been playing like three. I played up through all the editions and mostly have been running Five E. I'm running a Spell Jammer game right now. Oh, awesome! <laughs> but um, I'm trying to like move into like learning more of the like OSR systems, but I have such a hard time learning rules. So yo <laughs> um, yo Yokai and a couple other people uh, who I think in here helped me do the conversions because I just kind of want to make, I wanted to make it really approachable. So it's like, because I'm not a big system person. Uh, <laughs> so, so I just was like, I want lots of people to be able to play this play this module if they want to. Yeah, I, I really, I've been playing these games for a long time. And I'll tell you what, I played a lot of really rules heavy games and I really like the more streamlined rule systems. I want to focus on stuff besides the technicalities. That's yeah, my, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the actual dungeon that we have in here and, and, and what your approach to creating it and everything. Sure. So the way that I tend to approach any adventures is like, I'm like a big like NPC person. So my whole way of entering anything was like, I want to create like the kind of like, why does this dungeon exist? And I, I'm real influenced by this book, uh, Dungeons and Dilemmas that B Jesse Bernico wrote. It, that's super cool. It's all about the idea of like their dungeons being based around an emotion. Oh, and so, cool. I've so, not seen that. It's so cool. You should definitely read it. Uh, but this is the whole idea of this was like, I wanted to make a place that was like based around the idea of like regret and also like trying to like get pu like getting purified from like old <laughs> battles. And so the idea of this was like, you have like an old temple with a history, it's buried underground. And then 
you have this group of people that are soldiers who are like, oh, we've been in war for so long and we don't really feel like we can go home and we need to do things to like feel good about like us, our, like all our stuff and our trauma and stuff. And so they end up in this place, but they try to take a shortcut to get an okay <laughs> again and get then the shortcut ends up with demons. <laughs> so it just, ah, it's my favorite. And so that's kind of what happens. So ends up with demons. <laughs> I I love my demons in my dungeons. I'm a big fan of that. In fact, we'll talk about that in some of our future episodes coming up here. Um, so you you mentioned that to, that site that was. I want to ask real quick because just for my information, uh, and for the listeners that what that had the the dungeon drawing tutorials. What was that? Because I've not seen that. I'd love to see those. Uh, his name is Nicholas Wistet. I think is how you pronounce it and let me find he had put it up on medium of all places which i found just randomly because i was like googling uh draw dungeons <laughs> i was like how do you draw dungeons because i don't because i originally back in the day went to art school and so i know how to do hand drafting but it had been like it's been like a very long time and so let me see that's, if I can find it. That's me too. I still use graph paper and draw them by hand, but I the the weird thing is when I was in the Marine Corps, I went to art school for the Marine Corps. And when I was there, my MOS, I was a combat illustrator. I was I did military propaganda for them. So uh yeah, I still do everything by hand like that. Uh I, I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to learn other ways. It's I actually noticed I appreciate the dungeon. I like the the way that the hand-drawn squares and stuff are in there. Did you do this by hand or did you do that by digital all my maps i do by hand and these i then there's a program called potrace that converts drawings into vectors okay so you you have some more ability to make it bigger and smaller without losing quality yeah i'm a i'm a big vector feller (laughs) yeah so i hand draw on my maps and then i like I do some digital editing and stuff. I want to get fancier with it, but this was like the first thing I ever wrote. And so it's kind of like, I'm going to get fancier as I go. So when you were populating the dungeon itself, how did you go about, I've got two questions. First of all, how did you go about approaching what you were going to populate it with? And what are some of the exciting things that has been populated with? Uh. I wanted to make it so that I was like, if the story of this dungeon is like, they dug, I always love dungeons where they dug too deep. Like, yes. they're fun. <laughs> this, the whole story of this is that I wanted it to be about, it was really clear that the, uh, that military contingent had lived there for some time and it hadn't immediately all gone south. Like it had, it was like kind of a gradual corruption <laughs> from like, uh, and so I wanted to make, include a lot of things around like journaling and stuff so you could do so that not so that the dm has to like do a ton of read aloud but so that like if the players are looking around there's stuff that they can find that gives them the story of what happened there uh, i like that that's a good that's a good approach what sort of things might they find that kind of relays the story of what's occurred in this dungeon and it's 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 deep dark horrible history <laughs> Well, they can find things like uh, it's clear that different doors have been barricaded. There's like a skeletal hand that will grab the most violent member of the party. That's just kind of like a wandering thing in a room. It doesn't have a major mechanical effect, but it's more about flavor. I like uh, that. <laughs> I like that. There's a, sec- there's a secret like uh, passageway in the uh, 
what is it called? The quarters where all the soldiers sleep, uh, essentially where if you touch a, touch a statue the right way, you can find a ladder where they used to go to the nearby town where all their girlfriends or partners lived, <laughs> <laughs> where they would slay, like sneak out. Uh, <laughs> Because it's like these were dudes; they were just like living here. But then, like their their like general basically kind of got corrupted, and it caused lots of problems. That's good. That's good. And the, what was this? What was the what was the name of the general? Was that one from the random generator? Too? It was it was uh, yeah, Blade Lord Dacon Lazard. Lazard. That's right. I just love the idea of a blade lord. <laughs> blade lord. I do like the title of a blade lord. What is so blade lord Dakin Lazard? No, is have you defined exactly what a blade lord is, or is that up to the DM to define the blade lord? <laughs> I see it as like I have in here. It's kind of he's in charge of basically like a like a battalion essentially. I would say so. He's like he was like a like almost like not like a general but he was probably like a colonel or like an upper level military guy who was probably and something i include in here is like there was like a real possibility of him like becoming the new head of his faction but because he was of all his like bananas bloodthirsty behavior people weren't into it (laughs) (laughs) that's good the vulcanite have i seen a vulcanite before I don't I don't know if vulcanites exist elsewhere. I just kind of was like making a volcano and I wanted to make things that were like zombies but not zombies and so that's kind of where I was going with that. So like a volcanic zombie that hunts the depths of the of of the dungeon. I like this. Yeah. Yeah. And my thing too with this kind of thing is like I don't like dungeons where everyone's trying to kill you. I like to have like other denizens who just happen to be there. And so I ended up including this guy. His name is the Taciturn Grimesmith. And he's essentially just like a weird um, blacksmith who kind of, what's the name of the Greek mythology guy uh, who is a, who's a blacksmith, essentially. He has like a great forge. It's like, it starts with an M. I can't think of it I right don't, now. I don't recall, right? I can't, I can't answer that. I'll have to, I have to lean into Google for that one. <laughs> I keep thinking Methuselah, but that is definitely not it. No, I, I don't. I, 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 yeah, I'm very vague on that. It's been a while since I've read some Greek mythology. We read it all the time when I was in like, like, el- like elementary and junior high, and, and some into high school. But yeah, it's been a minute since I've really visited outside of my, uh, my deities and demigods books and things like that. Totally real. So, um, yeah, so I guess if you're just looking at like this whole thing is like I wanted it to be like if you just want to plug the dungeon into your campaign as like a one shot, you can if you want to build out an area where there's like a you can like if you're running stone top, for example, and you want to have a dungeon near your village, you can because I think that at least for me when I'm running campaigns, it's much easier if I have things that I can like be influenced by and place within as opposed to trying to run like tomb of annihilation or something, which is like awesome but super long yes <laughs> well they said the value of like a five room dungeon so you can get done in a session this it seems like a dungeon you could probably do and i don't think i could do it in one session honestly I think I think probably two. Two. Yeah, yeah definitely two sessions and i'll say that from my perspective i i, I need a physical product to read when i'm doing something I, I have a hard time doing it digitally so i i got the pdf here and it was it was really printer friendly um, it definitely reminds me more of zines that I was I was into before zines got really not, <laughs> nicer than, than I remember. They're so fancy. They're so yeah. fancy now. 
my next game is a lot fancier than this, like layout wise, but I like I learned I taught myself layout with this game. So it's it's gonna be a little treasure for me forever, I think, just because it's kind of like quaint and nice. Yeah, it's nice. I like it. I'm a fan. And yeah, it's 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 definitely can run it. I like the sunken grave. There's a sunken graveyard in here. And there was a little chart there. What was the, yes. the sinking grave effects? Could you tell us about that one too? Yeah. So the idea of the sinking grave effects is I like the idea of having not necessarily mechanical things that affect the way, like that affect role play. And so the idea of this chart is that as you spend time in like the deeper depths of the dungeon and you do things that are, that it's meant to embody the corrupting influence of the vault. And so the referee can essentially use it like if you're using a stress mechanic in your game, uh, they can get affected by it. If someone acts outside of their values, the DM could do that if it's like a very rules like game. And so stuff on it is like you begin to smell like the decay of the long dead. The stench surrounds you. And it's just like a lot of stuff like that. I like that. It gives good flavor. Uh, I think sometimes the better things in game, my favorite things in game aren't necessarily mechanical in combat, but it is stuff like that that kind of adds flavor and flair to it. And like like you said, you like to have things in the dungeon that aren't necessarily you're going to fight. I mean, that's why I'm a big fan of the uh, of rolling to see how friendly the monster might be. <laughs> and uh, things along those lines. So yeah, I appreciate it. It's pretty good. Now we're gonna. I'm gonna ask you so that we have time before we come up on time. Where can the listeners go to get a hold of Beyond the Burning Teeth? Sure. So I'm on um, itch. My itch is hopefulweirdwonder.itch.io, <laughs> and my it's the same. I'm this also listed as a publisher on Drive Through, also under Hopeful Weird Wonder. You can find it on my Twitter, which is Weird Wonder Dev, spelled Weird Wonder D E V. And that's kind of where I am right now. I don't have a website yet. I'm kind of making one on GitHub, but that is not my strength. Well, I'll tell you what, if you need a, if you do need a, uh, uh, like a blog with a, I, I have a server, I will host people there if you need that. <laughs> I will put that out there. I'll offer that um, if you're ever interested in that. Yeah, if you make sure I get the links to both, the, I think I have the link to your itch, but also the drive-through as well. I'll make sure that those are in the show notes so that folks can find you pretty easy. And we'll make sure the links are in there for everyone to find that. Perfect. Well, that's about, we're about at time. <laughs> cool, thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Thank you for coming on. It was great having you. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, you can find us online on Facebook. We're there, just search Wobblies and Wizards. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard, give us a positive review wherever you're listening. Share with your friends. We're at wobbliesandwizards.com. I'm on Twitter at LogarHaleCrom. Do you have a social media like Twitter or anything you want to give a link to real quick? Sure. I'm on Twitter at WeirdWonderDev, spelled WeirdWonder, D-E-V. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. And as always, keep those dice rolling. This is Logar, and I'm just going to do a quick plug here for our, our little podcast. We put a lot of time and effort into this and money out of our own pockets. So if you appreciate having a daily podcast about role-playing games with our specific bend, please go over to Patreon backslash Wobblies and Wizards. That's W-O-B-B-L-I-E-S-A-N-D-W-I-Z-A-R-D-S. And give us a little support. 